The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond for a free premium 30-day trial today. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah we have perfect. to do that. Nailed so, top of every episode. Okay. We don't, should we, we did so, it. Should we do it again? It's okay. We can that, do it again. We good? One more time. I think we're good. Beyond. 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 Perfect. That's, that's it. That's the name of the <laughs> show. We it. do that every episode. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 530 or something. My name is Max Scoville, and I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hi, everyone. Thanks for watching, listening, subscribing, like, share, subscribe, and sign off in the comments below. Right. Cool it over there. All right. And Chloe Rad. Hello. Uh, so... Normally, we have a whole lot of people here, and uh, they've all come down with very bad cases of Super Bowls disorder, so they will not be here with us. I don't know where Marty and Alana and Zach and all them are, but they're not here. It's weird that like a day that's dedicated to drinking then is followed by a day where people don't show up at work. What I wonder crazy, if there's a connection history. between those things. But we're here because yeah. we're good. We're good and people. I get to be on instead. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I'm stoked. I'm, I've been, I love talking to you about games. You, you are, you're good at digging into the, the weird parts of them, and you, you frequently send me strange messages of like something on the internet that I, that I am fascinated by it's a thing that happens weird mm-hmm. photoshops and stuff like that uh, a game that uh i feel like kind of sort of almost came to my attention because of weird internet stuff is uh the yakuza series and i am happy to finally actually get to talk about yakuza 6 song of life which i got to play uh and going along with that we also got a nice announcement that it has been delayed <laughs> which sucks isn't it out uh yeah, it's been out in japan for like a minute it, okay. It, December 2016. So it's yeah. been a while. So it's been out for yeah. some time. They've got to they've got to localize it. They got to they yep. got to add the, you know, the the new translation and everything. The loud American grunting sounds. Um yeah, so I mean they don't even dub it. That's the weird part, but it, there is a lot of dialogue to to kind of figure out and stuff, but um I mean, I don't think this is like a, I don't think this is a technical thing at all. I think this is probably just I, I think they want to align it with something special. I don't know what. Um, but the good news is that on February 27th, they're going to be dropping a demo for Yakuza 6 that will be available uh, for everybody. It's, uh, you know, and it, it'll be free because it's a demo and it will do the thing where it allows players to bring their save into the final game on release, which is awesome because um, we've talked about this before with I think Wolfenstein did that. Uh, I want to say it was uh, Prey maybe where it was like. Yeah, the the Yakuza series has always struck me as this sort of like triumphantly uh, like early 2000s or sort of PS2 era genre of game. And releasing a demo that lets you carry your save data over feels very much in line with that. I really, I don't know, we talked about this before, I really miss PlayStation demos in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to have yeah. entire discs Those of them. Those demo discs were so awesome. That was the best. Like it was Pizza Hut one. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. It was such a cool way to just find out about a bunch of stuff and then plow through it and yeah. then, uh, and then go buy the full game. I mean, it's also it seems surprising we don't have more of that, you know, in this day and age because there's such an emphasis on like pre-orders and I mean we have like oh it's the it's the it's the beta sign up to join the mm. beta and it's like I mean if you have the opportunity to be like here's a chunk of the game you can play it and carry your save over and it's it I mean that gets people hooked. Do you yeah. think the difference is um, with YouTube developers can basically Basically, do a perfect playthrough on their own, which we've read and heard about. Uh, takes six months of basically perfect control and scripting, um, and then kind of control the conversation themselves, and then just put out a demo that you can watch. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess it's, I don't know. It's just, it's weird that everything is so like downloadable. So like, what's, what's stopping you from getting, you know, getting the, the, a piece of the game there, right? Um, but that being said, I mean, I did get a chance to screw around with, uh, with Yakuza Six. Um, I'm gonna have a written preview up there, but basically, uh. 
this is a series that people should be playing. This is a series that uh, I think a lot of people kind of have sort of slept on because it, it like, uh, I think it was, let's see, one and two were on PS2 and three and four and five were PS3 exclusives. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is it? They put out Zero and Kiwami, which was a prequel, which is Zero, and then... Kiwami was a remake of the first one. And 6 is the first Yakuza game that's made specifically for PS4. But because a lot of people might have slept on the last, you know, five, six games, depending on how you're counting, uh, it's it's kind of scary to kind of jump into it, you know? But 6 does a really good job recapping. You, you mentioned yeah. in your preview. Yeah, yeah, So it's, uh, I think that it, they know that this is a game that a lot of people are going to be coming at. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I want to compare it to is uh, is The Witcher. Uh, I think in The Witcher 3, I jumped into that. I played a, I played a bunch of Witcher 2, and even that was like, I was like, I didn't play the first one. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm, I'm left out here. Uh, and I never, I never finished Witcher 2. And then Witcher 3, I jumped into, and I was like, I really hope I know what's going on. And there's that, there's that feeling of like you're missing something. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of put that aside and just kind of focus on what's happening in front of you, it's, you very quickly forget that you didn't, you know, play the previous ones. And I feel like Yakuza 6 is, is, really good with that based on what I've i know seen. some of the, the other ones even had like a recap function sort of where it's like a i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it's like an hour long like just cut scene yeah, explaining I, what the game is because these, these, these games are like hundreds of hours long right yeah um, and so. i mean at a glance i think there's like that mentality that this is like oh this is uh this is a game about like very hard-hitting serious uh you know <laughs> serious criminal underbelly stuff but then there's also like As you insane, have this adorable baseball yeah there's like game. insane mini games like you can manage this isn't even like regular baseball this is like baseball management this game feels like a like sort of drawn out mature take on WarioWare. <laughs> i could kind of see that um it's it's like it's nuts how much just it's all about like activities you know and yeah. I think I think there's you you will quickly get very many like tons of people really mad at you if you compare it to Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. but in the same way that GTA is like hey you're gonna go do some serious nasty crimes and do like mature stuff they're also like you can also you can also play tennis for me I I think that Yakuza does side quests so much better than the Grand Theft Auto games which for me like I mean I I have enjoyed the Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto games but so many of the missions are just kind of like driving from point A to point B while people are right, walking right. right yeah um and then maybe you have a shootout or something like the the writing for the side quests are some of like the, it's just like the most heartwarming sometimes stories yeah. and you're playing this like badass like yakuza dude and I think like uh one of the missions that stood out for me the most in yakuza 0 was like you're helping this really shy punk band who they're like afraid to perform yeah. in front of their fans and you're tr- kind of like trying to train them on like cool stuff to say. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And it's just yeah, you're teaching them how to be punk and yeah. they're like they're like yeah, what's more punk than like being a yakuza guy who beats up guys in the street? Yeah. I, it just effortless effortlessly moves from just like kicking the crap out of dudes yep. to just like uh helping a sad cameraman like uh film a restaurant documentary <laughs> yeah i mean this the sub stories and side quests are like they're they're kind of a bottomless pit in a really good way yeah. yep. um i played through all of zero and all of kiwami uh, i went over to a friend's house like i don't know a couple weekends ago and he's like oh, I'm, I'm i'm playing some uh yeah because zero you want to you want to jump on this and i was like sure what are you what are you doing and i'm like assuming that it'd be a, a side mm-hmm. quest that i mm-hmm. saw and it was a part that i totally hadn't seen where you're teaching a dominatrix how to be yeah dominant yeah that's the yep <laughs> How did she get that job to begin with? I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know. There's that's those are the kind of questions you'll be asking yourself. So I think a lot of that why why it appeals to me. Weird segue to jump in on like oh this <laughs> appeals to me uh, is that like I really sort of I love GTA four and five. They're like incredible games, and I think their side quests and uh, more so their mini games are really interesting in that they're so robust. Right, like mm-hmm. there's golf, there's you know uh darts and bowling and stuff like that but they all sort of feel like tonally serious whereas older gta's always felt a lot more goofier and lighthearted mm-hmm. and i think that's what i uh, is really cool about yakuza is that like some of the footage we just saw here like you go spearfishing and it's very arcadey you know there's a yeah. lot there's a lot more of a sort of like celebration of like goofy lighthearted japanese arcade culture mm-hmm. and i think um, within the gr- more grounded reality of GTA 4 and 5, things need to feel a little bit more serious. And so they kind of lose that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. It's I think somebody described it as like as Yakuza as being an open world game that's very compressed and very like it's much more kind of squished mm-hmm. together. And the area you're covering is just physically it's it's less space, but it's very dense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that there are all these weird activities to do. Like you can go in and you can do you know karaoke and it, it feels like a full-fledged rhythm game complete with like goofy stock video 
like music video backup stuff. Also, can um, we talk about like the recreation of the the actual locations in the yes, game? Yes, like yes. it it it's set primarily in um Kamurocho, yeah, right, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a, a their version of Kabukicho, yep. which is in Shinjuku and it's like the red light district neighborhood and it's like as someone who has stayed in that neighborhood 2 years in a row, like Holy crap! It it made me miss it so much. Like it's so cool. There's like one to one almost like this this miniature like golden guy too. Like mm-hmm. this little neighborhood of bars and like it's everything is so lovingly recreated. Even like the convenience stores. Like there's a Don Quixote, which yep. is like it's awesome. It's and it, it's it, part of me is like, is this just product placement? But then on yeah. the other hand, I'm like, this is really authentic. Apparently in uh in Yakuza Six, you you still go back to to Kamurocho. Uh, but they've they've adapted it based on it takes place like a few years later than than five or whatever and they've adapted it based on how uh, Kabuki Cho is presently mm-hmm. uh, and apparently there's a lot of construction going on so there's like all these cranes and stuff and it's kind of I think that probably you know comes mm-hmm. into the story or something but uh, the guy the PR guy I was talking to mentioned that there is a um, there's a restaurant like a famous restaurant in in the neighborhood that. I think either because of zoning or, or, or just because of locations, it moved across the street and a restaurant based on that restaurant in the game changed locations too. So it's like weird little details like that, that the odds of that jumping out at you as a player is, is pretty slim. Right, right. But it's but cool that it has all that. Between that and like Persona 5, like and, and the recreation of like the train stations, the subways in Japan, like I'm so impressed by Japanese games and how mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. – committed they are to, to recreating those spaces yeah, yeah it's weird because like if you live there you're probably like oh that's pretty cool but for people like us who have been there or people who have never been there uh i think the level of like sort of escapism that happens there is mm-hmm. so cool yeah. like I, I i was in i was in tokyo on vacation for like eight days last year and when i came back it's all i could think about and the just sort of architecturally in the design and the flow of the city and stuff like that like you go looking for it in video games because it is so like so remarkably different than what right. we have here yeah um yeah, and uh, Yakuza 6 has – it's got like a really – it's got like a full-fledged camera mode, which is actually – it feels just like the one in GTA in that it's basically – you pull out your cell phone and you can do selfie mode or like – or you know, awesome. portrait mode or whatever. Um, but you can also walk around in first person, which is kind of cool. So you can just kind of like actually feel like you're you're there on the street. Um, yeah, I mean it, you also go to uh, Onomichi, which is in uh, Hiroshima, and it's like this like low-key little fishing village. And I'm kind of unclear what the, what the point is over there. It's like a completely disparate location. But it's just – it's a gorgeous game, totally new engine built from the ground up. I really I, – I was like so bummed that not enough people were playing like the last two games like last year. But I mean mm-hmm. I kind of get it too because they are – you know, they're they're heavily polished PS3 games. Right. right. They poured it over. And so there's still like weird stuff like odd load times and you have to manually, manually save. And they've gone back and they fixed that for, for six. So now uh, it used to be you had to load going in and out of businesses, which is tedious. Mm-hmm. And now you can just – you could be in the middle of a, of a street fight and you can like drag dudes into the convenience store and like throw them yeah, into shelves awesome. and stuff goes everywhere. Like you're in rumble in the Bronx. It's, I, I think one of the reasons I was always so hesitant to jump in was because I felt like I was late to the party. Yeah. You know, like when you see four five zero, you're like, I think I should start mm-hmm. here, but also this is a remake. Also, this is sort of like triumphantly obtuse in that. I don't know what, I, like we just saw footage there. And in the four minutes it was up there, there was a, uh, like a, a karaoke game, a fighting game ripoff, a uh, Puyo, fully pay- playable Puyo Puyo, yep. a uh, open world like street fighting River City Ransom Final Fight style like GTA game, and then spear fishing, and it's sort of just like when do I do each of those exactly. things? Exactly, and that how was... does this all connect? Also, it's... like jumping into the story too, yeah. like Max, you describe it as like operatic, yeah, in your, in your preview, which is totally true. Like if you've ever seen like even like old Yakuza films or even like the work of like Beat Takeshi, right? Mm-hmm. Who's actually in yep. this one? Um. Yeah, like they are just long, epic, like family sagas, sort of. And that's how do you jump into the middle of that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it really it reminds me a lot of Metal Gear in that there's like the big, there's like the big, important, very like heavy cutscenes about mm-hmm. the the fate of everything, serious and story story wise. And then you've also got these codec conversations that are like these goofy little side things yeah. that you can dig into, and it can be. And it's like in Metal Gear, they're not like quests or or like actual like objectives really, but there are like little details hidden around. And in this case, they're like. That's an entire thing you can dedicate your time to. Right. Um, there's a cat cafe. Like, I didn't it's get to already... see this. But, yeah, like, you go into the convenience store and they're selling like they're selling canned cat food. I'm like, am I going to go, like, cat hunting to, like, <laughs> to raise cats? in a vi-? But you're like, I don't know. At a glance, you're like, oh, it's like a serious game about beating guys. It's like, it looks like, it's, I don't know, like a modern Streets of Rage or something. And it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's much stranger, much more, like, charming than that. 
Uh, so I don't know. I just I hope people get on board with this. I think the fact that there's a demo is huge. Um, I will have a written preview up on IGN, so go you know take a look on that. I'm pretty bummed this got delayed because this is like one of those things that I I wish people could experience right now, especially with Red Dead getting yes, delayed. Yes, I want to talk about, about it. I want. I just, you know, yeah. I, it's also I, we're we're not like we don't really have a ton. This is the thing, man, and we've we've said this for a long time, but like you know, GTA Five is one of the most what financially successful best-selling video games of all time every time something like that happens i'm like surely there will be tons of spin-offs and clones or things like it that we can play and obviously yakuza is very different but uh sort of like you know in a open world ish game where you want to walk around a gritty city and beat dudes up like i wish we were doing that more throughout the year and we're just not yeah i mean it reminds me of uh, some of my favorite things all rolled into one like the way the actual kind of like moment to moment play feels a lot like the witcher not mm-hmm. so much in i guess i guess the combat is you know it's it's real-time action combat but then like the fact that you get sidetracked by being like i'm gonna go play cards or like i'm gonna i'm gonna go down this weird little silly side quest that's more about like introducing a character than it is about actually moving the story forward right uh and then i don't know it's also it's uh tonally it's a lot like cowboy bebop um like there are moments when it's like very much about like it's about gang stuff and it's very serious and like heavy and then other times it's just straight up goofy and like nonsensical so uh, I hope more people jump on that, and I definitely will not be shutting up about Yakuza 6. So when is it out? April 17th? It is out April 17th. Three days before and, God of War and Nintendo Cardboard. Yeah, that's rough, but the demo is out February 27th, which is just around the corner, so cool. people can jam on that and check it out. Also, more time to catch up if you guys want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Also, it's it, um, we have our copies now. Yeah. So what the fu- what are yeah, we Yeah, I mean the game's been out since 2016. So yeah, I don't know really what's going on there. Huh. Um yeah, I'm excited for that to for that cat to get out of the bag and into my cat cafe. Um <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It has gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Assassin's Creed Origins, Call of Duty World War II, NBA 2K18, Madden 18, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day, which is a lot cheaper than dropping 60 bucks on a brand new game that you can't stand playing. Plus, you don't even have to leave the house. Oh, and they rent movies, too. Normally, a Gamefly trial only lets you check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today again at GameFly.com slash Far Beyond. On the subject of bizarre wildlife and video games that people get sucked into, uh, Far Cry 5, uh, they announced the season pass, mm-hmm. which is promising, but like interesting. Um, so basically they're doing, it's, it looks very much like they're kind of going the Blood Dragon route here and they've yeah. got, uh, a few different kind of pieces of kind of standalone things. Um, there is one called Hours of Darkness, which is uh, it's as players will travel back in time to Vietnam to battle against Viet Cong soldiers. Uh, there's Dead Living Zombies, which players will face hordes of zombies in multiple B-movie scenarios. Sure. And then there's Lost on Mars, which is players will leave Earth behind to go toe-to-claws with Martian arachnids. Um, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. First of all. And this, um, is, this is, again, this is the DLC for a game about Montana. Yeah. So the opposite so, of all those things. So first of all, um, you know, I'm a huge Far Cry fan. Max, you are too. Chloe, are you? Uh, I in there? enjoy them. I feel, I feel like they're kind of junk food games for you almost. Yes, you know? I, like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, that's why I think people were so surprised at this one getting slightly more political, which um, I interviewed Dan Hay for a show called Expert Mode. We'll be putting that out soon. And he talked to me about how this game was uh, only really political – once politics started happening in the last year and a half because they've been planning this game for years. It takes a long time to make a video game. And uh, a lot of it sort of just started happening on TV. And um, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't really a political game. It's just sort of we fell into that world. Uh, that said, it is a game about like psychotic religious cults and doomsday preppers. And it is very sort of tonally serious. And the more we hear about this game, there are goofy odds and ends about it. There are drugged up farm animals. There are uh, uh, animal banging mini games. Not where you have what? sex with them, but they do it with each other. You have to collect testicles to bring them to a barbecue. Uh, of the animals. This so news to me. Yeah, this, it, the game gets weird, right? It's got some weird pockets around the outside of it. Uh, that being said, this DLC and season pass stuff, while first of all looking sort of a lot more robust than what, what we've seen from the season passes in the last few Far Cry games, is such a weird, drastic mm-hmm. departure from the core game that uh, I'm I'm 
kind of wary of it. Yeah. Is it weird that I'm almost more confused by the Vietnam one than yes. I am the other two? Yes. No, absolutely. I think that's so, odd, yeah. totally the odd duck. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, so, to call so, the Vietnam War an odd duck, but the, there it is. The thing about Far Cry is that there's really no cohesive I mean, aside from the the game mechanics, there's yeah. no one thing that that kind of connects them all. Um, I mean, I guess you could say in the more recent ones, it's sort of about going to an exotic location and then fighting a bunch of dudes and climbing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, there was stuff with like I don't know mutations and nano machines, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a weird almost crisis spinoff. Yeah, there's um, and there's hunting and gathering and yeah. you know building your bag. Yeah, they're just kind of like they're they're uh, open world games set in places that are scary and crazy, you know, for the most part, and that that includes caveman times or. Uh, Himalayas, you know, or yeah, or the future of it's a, always of a, been kind of like touristy, like you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's exotic, which is, which it's, is a little uh, you yeah. know, problematic in its own right. But like, they're, I mean, yeah, they're Far Cry games, but yeah. it's always like, been that's what you expect from. It's them. always been like clearly fictional. Like, there's never. I yeah. mean, Far Cry Primal. Nobody was like, this is a actual uh, accurate recreation of Caveman yeah. Warfare. Also, like Far Cry Three is a game where getting a tribal tattoo as a white guy is literally like yep. a game mechanic. Yep. I always. So it's kind of like eh, that's uh, what we, you expect. Yeah. Yes. Also, worth noting is, is we're getting Far Cry 3 Classic Mode as part of the Season Pass, which I'm mm-hmm. super stoked on. Far Cry 3 is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, it's been described as Skyrim with guns by my silly pal Adam Kovic. I always described it as sort of like a politically incorrect Mountain Dew commercial, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, it, it's got like, yo, dude, it's me, Jason Brody, with my tribal yeah. tats. It's time to wake yep. board and yeah. kill an alligator. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that being said, like, I don't know, the Vietnam War is a real thing that happened. And suddenly I'm like... Oh, yeah, it's it's an actual thing. Everything else that's been Far Cry has been sort of like thinly veiled fiction, you know? You don't know about the War of the Blood Dragon. The Blood Dragon. We don't talk about the Blood Dragon. No, but like, I don't know. My grandfather died in Um, the war. I mean, it's funny because Blood Dragon, uh, there was a point where I think it was was Dean Evans, who was a pal of mine, who Mm -hmm. was the creative director of that. He tweeted out promoting the Blood Dragon soundtrack on vinyl on April Fool's Day. His friend holding up the vinyl and in the background, a monitor was on and it said. Yeah, and it was, it's the desktop background was just. Uh, it was, it was Far like, Cry Blood Dragon 3 Vietnam War 2. Yeah. And it had Ed 209 from Robocop in like a neon jungle. And it was yeah. like, everyone was like, is that is that real or uh-huh. what? I could, like, again, like, if it was like that, you know, yeah. I would be like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. But, but I mean, I think the, like the, the copy for the actual press release was something like go travel back in time, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually yeah. like an, a, an historical, like. I don't know. Yeah. It, it seems No, you said you said it yourself. And you're, like, fu- you're actually fighting the Viet Cong, it's too. Like, is it just going to straight be like... Yeah, that's what I'm really wondering. And I mean, I know somebody in the comments is like, you're being too PC. And I'm going to say, like, no, f- that. Uh, my fiance's family is from Vietnam. They came here over the war, and it's, like, way too close to home. Like, literally, if I'm running around killing people who are shouting in a language that she can understand but I can't, that's not cool, you know? Like, that's something that I'm going to just skip on. Mm-hmm. However, if it's something... If it's doing something interesting, if they're doing some, like... I don't know, a spec ops, spec ops the line approach mm-hmm. where there's like an interesting narrative twist or if it's something that's like. I mean, if they're going to go like full metal jacket and try to, you know, be at least kind of critical of mm-hmm. the war. Yeah, it might be interesting. And like with Far Cry 5, we see that they are trying to do some kind of commentary on something. Right. Like you mentioned that the game didn't start out as political. But I mean, like I, I remember an interview, um, I think early on when it was announced, that was with the creative director i I don't recall the name but Mm -hmm. it it was about like how the initial inspiration for the game was actually like all the right-wing militias that began popping up under obama's Mm -hmm. administration right so it's like they're trying to do something with that so yeah for sure i mean and and they visited you know the dev team visited montana they drove around in cars Mm -hmm. they feared for their lives you you, those stories are out there yeah so i think that yeah they're like to say it was completely apolitical would be incorrect Mm -hmm. um but that that being uh, said it the last one was uh about cavemen yeah so it's kind of, and the one before that was about like what you were in I don't know, Himalayas. Yeah, and it was and dragons before that, which was actually <laughs> sort of vaguely political too. It was yeah. sort of about like independent freedom groups. There was a it character was kind of like Tibet almost. Yeah, right? to- totally. There was a character that was pretty heavily inspired by Anita Sarkeesian. There was also characters that seemed inspired by Bulk and Skull from the Power Rangers, and they were cartoon idiot potheads and doing their missions yeah. were you know vaguely insufferable it's, but it's funny to to talk about to like kind of praise you know a game like yakuza for being so kind of tonally inconsistent and mm-hmm. sort of it's kind of all over the place but with far cry i kind of like it when it's just uh almost like consistently like stupid you well know? Like, not to I, reiterate that but i think that yakuza succeeds because its tonal inconsistencies are consistent 
Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Whereas, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. the same thing I kind of see. We just saw this with um, with Call of Duty where they're like, we're going to go after World War II, but also we have Nazi zombies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, I understand that there's <laughs> there's two teams working in synchronicity here, and one of you is like, you know, we have to get the look and the feel right, and we, they brought real veterans in to do testimonials and all this kind of stuff. And on the flip side, you have people being like, well, here's cartoon Nazis. Yeah. And they all, they're all in the same package, right? And so I, that's the thing. When you buy this game um, – it's it's just they're 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 having like a difficult time i think totally sticking to the landing on what the tonality of this game is and if it's just goofy nonsense through and through cool but when i talk to someone like dan hay and i i'm sort of scared to my core that militia groups like this exist and that you know there are mm-hmm. preppers and there are you know you you turn on the tv and you read about religious cults and stuff like that and you you know hear about this kind of stuff and then on the flip side, it's like collect testicles and, and, you know, blow up Mars. I'm kind of like, well, yeah, this is a video game. But also, like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. And if it's nothing, great. But if it's something and then plus multiplied by nothing, then yeah. then I don't know. Like, and, and remember, like, we're going off literally like a sentence of yes. description yeah, 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 for the exactly. Vietnam War thing. Yeah. yeah and um, it is our job to sort of, like, go, what is this? But also to give things the benefit of the doubt. And I exactly. will I will play all of these. Like, yes. this is not me. Yeah, I'm am- not protesting this. I'm, I'm saying I'm I'm in. Yeah, no, like but, I uh, I want to go fishing and run over people with tractors. Me too. Exactly. That yeah, looks yeah. fun as hell. No, yeah. I mean I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not boycotting. I might not play it at home with the volume turned up, but you know it's. Uh, but that being said, like this is this is a thing with you know Viet Cong amidst zombies and uh, Martian spiders, which yeah. and like I, I mean I'll give I'll give the Far Cry team the benefit of the doubt because I think they've done a pretty good job of of you know sitting up sitting up straight and paying attention to what's going on mm-hmm. and what people are having conversations about regarding games. Uh, so Zombies is, are fine. They're going to yeah. be whatever. The spiders on Mars, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to because that sounds like a fun time. That sounds like Starship Troopers. That's with- how my grandmother was killed. So I'm, I'm, it's really sensitive to me. You lied to me. <laughs> She's still alive. Um, no, uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I think it's like, uh, this is, this is like, we're, we're constantly, uh, as, as, People that work in the industry, people that have played video games, people who listen to the show, watch the show, we are constantly demanded that our medium uh, is taken more seriously and uh, mm-hmm. it, it is it attacks and approaches subject matters that uh, are usually left to expert filmmakers. And, you know, and I think like there is a Vietnam War video game out there someday that can be handled correctly. There is a take on like sort of religious death cults in Montana and stuff like that and preppers and doomsday people. And is the- Far Cry the series to tackle those issues though? Right, right, See, right, right, yeah, right. That's part of me yeah. like, is like, yes, we should demand more from our games, but also is Far Cry the series that we mm-hmm. necessarily need to do that with? Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's kind of just like, I, I don't know if we, we have like a, we have a conversation about the death penalty on television or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, the next up to the stand is Carrot Top. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you're the dude, <laughs> yeah. Carrot Top. Like, for, maybe me, not. It's, for me, it's more just that this game is happening and it is tackling all these different subject matters. And I and so I can't help but just wish, right, yeah. that, mm-hmm. that it, I don't know, met certain standards. But um, I'm not going to be disappointed or yeah. outraged if it doesn't. It's yeah. like whatever. Yeah. Like, also, that, I mean, it's funny because I'm sure some people are listening to this being like, stop talking about politics and games. Well, my issue is that I want games that are straight escapism. And when there are games that are tethered to things that are actual real life concerns, yes, then that, it's like, yeah. look up Ruby Ridge, look up Waco. Yeah. Like these, this is rooted in things that happen and yeah. things that are happening now. Totally. Maybe, maybe not the religious cult stuff so much. Like I actually honestly feel like that's kind of their way of, um, being controversial or, or seeming controversial without actually being controversial mm-hmm. um, because it's like our religious cult really that mm-hmm. big of an issue. It's like fundamentalism, sure, but I mean, yes, this yes, is like yes. a doomsday cult. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm, mean, I'm with you. Um, I think it's it's interesting, and this is why I do want to give these games the benefit of the doubt, is that when I first heard about this, I was sort of like – I had two reactions. One was like, holy crap, they're going very serious with this. And two, I was kind of like – I'm disappointed that this isn't like the goofy, totally out there premise for a Far Cry game. Uh, and then I started seeing it in action and, uh, we did a, we did a, basically we captured footage for our interview that's going up soon that had this scene in it where, um, a player was like basically in the middle of a firefight on a farm where these characters were drugging up animals. And he turned the corner and a stampede of cows came towards him and he fired the grenade like grenade launcher, the cows, and they blew up in the air and six of them were on fire. Four were flying in the air and, and screaming. And I was like, okay, 
that's a far cry game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, hell yeah. For me, that <laughs> moment was uh, playing a preview, I think, uh, at E3 and just like you're in this awful like American flag semi truck. Just I was just rolling through a town. Yeah. Like, running over farm animals and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, farm right, crimes. Farm crimes. And so like that's that's where I'm like, OK, they found they found that balance there. Mm-hmm. And so I think they can find it elsewhere. Um, that's it. Yeah, I'm a little hesitant, but you know, I wouldn't I mean, be doing my job if I wasn't. Yeah, for that one thing I'm I'm honing in on the Vietnam thing is is weird, but like the rest of it, I mean, zombies and sp- space spiders, uh, and and Far Cry Three Classic Edition, I'm totally cool with that because that's that it's a sense of variety. Mm-hmm. I feel like the previous um, season passes we've gotten for Primal and for Far Cry Four were like. Do you want to go fight the Yeti? And I was like, kind of. I kind of want Blood Dragon or shit no, you're, like that. No, you're 100 percent correct, and that's what um, that's what I was saying earlier. In that, like the last few season passes for Far Cry games felt like a little bit more of the same, whereas this feels like a totally diagonal departure. What I'm like kind of bummed out about is that, uh, and I keep saying this, but there's a lot of dinosaur skeletons in Montana. <laughs> Like tons, yo, and uh, that would have been an awesome thing to be like. Uh, hey, a lot of people time travel here. Zombies. Yeah, a lot of people have been like, "Hey, what if you put uh, dinosaurs in your video game to like to Ubisoft or Far Cry and to Dice for Battlefield?" And they're always like, "Oh, that's a great idea." And then everyone's like, "Well, it's been like six, five, seven years. What are you?" Yeah, you- Here's the thing: like, they're not. We've never seen them. So even if they're not animated great, you could just be like, oh, that's how we thought they walked. I think it'd be fine. cool if they really just half out, if they just mapped a dinosaur model to like a human human skeleton and they're just like, yeah, the game's finished. It's real good. We're, Do you guys we like those horrible like, Red yeah. Dead Redemption Oh my glitches. God. Yeah. Have you, have you guys seen the Easter egg in Primal where you find a blood dragon? Like I actually, I 100% of that game. And so and I, I feel like I mentioned that a lot. But no, I really did like that game. And there's a cave in that game where you can see like this like glowing purple iridescent skeleton of a blood dragon and i was like oh they're doing it they're they're doing the blood dragon origin story and it's like no nah, we're not and it's like okay in the next game montana where all the dead dinosaurs Didn't they are. also had the flintstones car in there i think yes they did yeah they had the flintstones oh, car such a fun game yeah but deva do what a weird Far game cry. sitting yep. here expecting serious political commentary and then and then there's none that of this yeah, yeah. well it's fine that's, that's far cry yeah. <laughs> video, video games are a very silly time uh, on the subject of Red Dead, um, I want to talk about this. That happened pretty late last week, but Red Dead Redemption got delayed uh, from soon until later, mm-hmm. uh, specifically October 26th. Um, that's interesting because it drops it squarely in the middle of sort of a video game release hell week, hell yeah. season. This mm-hmm. is late October, early November is when the games come out. That's the big time for all of them. That's you know that's Ubisoft's flagpole where that's probably not Assassin's Creed this year but I mean maybe a Watch Dogs and then there's always Call of Duty and then there's you know a racing game that I don't play and then there's everything comes out then it's just tons of games mm-hmm. um, and do you think that other games should worry or is this sort of like is this something so big that it's just it's just a, a thing that everyone has to tolerate basically uh, b- both and neither I'd say like it's weird right now because we actually don't have a completely accurate you know, depiction of what the fall is going to look like for video games. You named a few there. I think it's pretty safe to say we're not going to get a Battlefront this year. I think it's pretty safe to say we're not going to get an Assassin's Creed this year. I'd love to be surprised by that. Uh, I think it's safe to say that we'll definitely get a Call of Duty, which historically is the best-selling video game of the year by usually a landslide. Mm-hmm. Unless um, there's a GTA game. Unless there's a GTA game. But the weird thing about GTA games is that they not only crush NPD in the first month, but for the next six years. Like GTA 5 has been the top of NPD or somewhere in the middle of NPD for uh, literally, what, six years, five mm-hmm. years now? I mean, no, it's two it's, consoles. It's the best game from 2013 of 2017. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. it will so, be of 2018 too. I don't know. Chloe, am I missing anything? Like what, what big fall stuff – I mean, is there going to be a mm. like a battlefield game? Is there going to be? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. Like, so and and we don't know what Nintendo is doing, but I, I have a feeling that's a completely different market. And like, if they drop, you know, a, yeah. a Smash Brothers I mean, port in September to go with their online service, they there won't was be that. Worried. I think it was October twenty seventh of of this last year that was uh, it was Wolfenstein two, Assassin's Creed Origins, and Mario, uh, Mario Odyssey. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's an interesting conversation there because. Um, 
I feel like Wolfenstein and Assassin's Creed are sort of sort of different enough in terms of how they play that they're they attract different audiences. Obviously, right. uh, Wolfenstein is like a major thing, uh, primarily for like the PC crowd. Like they they love that. And then Mario's in a, another corner entirely because it's a, it's a it's a Nintendo game. It's Mario. Mm-hmm. It's completely a separate. You're gonna buy that for your five year old niece or whatever, you know. Uh, whereas you're probably not gonna do that with Wolfenstein unless you're sick in the head. <laughs> but like with with Red Dead, I mean, it could come out the same day as a new Smash Brothers game, and it's not really an issue for that. Yeah. Uh, it does probably get sticky for, I don't know, other other third parties being like, oh, we've got like, oh, it's that's the same day that, I don't know, like, I mean, unless it's, unless it's a new Elder Scrolls that around that time, then it gets right, yeah, gets, okay, so because then you're getting sort of yeah. into like the one to one open world, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mature game territory, yeah. and I think that's games that that's where it gets are, tricky. Games yeah. that people are playing six years later still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what this fall looks like, so it's kind of. I almost guarantee you that there are people in conference rooms scratching their heads and figuring out how they can rearrange to avoid this. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a, a wide berth. But. That's the thing. It's February, and we haven't had uh, for just the start of the year PAX or GDC or then, you know, rolling into E3, Comic-Con, Gamescom, all that kind of stuff. There are so many to- so many opportunities in the next few months to be like, this is our plan for the fall, um, and so many surprises await. So who who knows yet? But I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys in that I'm pretty sure a bunch of people are kind of sitting there going like, well, we are going to put out a game that day. Like, well, not anymore. Well, um, or it just gets delayed again. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It's they never been the running out. theme so far. Um, one thing I'm curious about is does this delay mean that online will be ready at launch? Are they trying to kind of stagger things so that that lines up properly? They could. I mean, they've always done this thing. And people always like to harp on the, on the PC releases that didn't come out for from Rockstar, like Red Dead, the first one ever came out over there, and right. it, it took a minute. But if you, if you kind of track it, it usually comes about a year later, or you know, a matter of months later um, for the PC version. And I think they they kind of want to line things up so that there is that kind of there's that momentum. In the case of online stuff, uh, GTA Five came out on September seventeenth, and they basically let everyone play it, and then on October first, online became available. And even that, obviously, they, they kind of they were they were like, oh hey, you're gonna spawn as a bald guy in a field, and and you're gonna lie there dead and won't respawn, and you're like, what? Been there? What happened? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's they they obviously they they allowed it kind of breathing room, and, and they're like, online is a separate product that's gonna take its time. I'm curious, uh, given that this is a game developed specifically for this console generation, is online so integrated into it that this is gonna be a thing that's attached at launch? I think it'll be their day and date. Um, I think it'll be at launch a shell of what it becomes five years later if you look at gta 5 online yeah, i mean GTA that is online the, even GTA, gta online like from from gta 4 oh my god still probably has a, play, a pretty active player base. yeah it's it's kind of insane because i mean the thing is like when when a game sells a million copies uh two or three years later you can find you know find some people to play with um when a game sells tens of millions of copies you're good pretty much until you're dead like someone's going to keep that someone that's going to keep a server running for you forever. But that game when it launched on PS4, um you remember like it had the the broken online lobbies where people were just kind of standing around and doing yeah. weird walking <laughs> thing. Um it we scored the game with no score for the online section at launch and then a few days later like the the feature started to sort of tumble out for it. And we were like this is sort of like a simple thing, but it's really cool, it's really novel. And then by the end um, it effectively became a place where they put cutscenes and stories and uh, like DLC for purchasable gold jets and guns. And we we played with a a, a real motorcycle gang that, that that started that started in that in that. I world. mean, they very quietly made a, a MMO. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a it's not just like the online component of GTA like it once was. It's like become this entire living breathing world where and people that's role play. Kind of what they want from the Red Dead Online, right? I mean, they yeah. Have- talk too much about it mm-hmm. but i yeah, don't know presumably yeah. i think what's interesting about that is how how does that like a gta game grows in a modern sense because you can be like jets motorcycles right. hover cars like yeah. what do you do with cowboys Jet horse <laughs> honestly my my the only really strong opinion i have about red dead redemptions online what i want the most is the filmmaker that GTA Ooh, 5 had. Yeah. Please, Rockstar, let me make my own stupid Western movies oh, with like oh, yeah. like added like filters, you know? Oh, like God, that sounds so like good. Sepia tone. See, like, I like the idea of people remaking remaking classic action movies as westerns in, mm-hmm. in Yeah, Red or Dead. even redoing like cla- like like a scene from the searchers or something, yeah. but just right, like like right, with right. awful mods. What if, what if Terminator 2 was a Western? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the idea of them just adding more animals. And that's the other cool thing, is like, I don't know, there's 
some animals in GTA, but not really like scary ones. And there's ones that you can like interact with and do peyote and become or whatever the hell. Sure. Um, not sure how that worked. But this game is like a like hunting is a primary aspect mm-hmm. of it. So I wonder if there'll be like online hunt, hunts, if like they'll just keep adding more animals, if they want to add like alligators, zombie bears. I don't know how many of them have to like sort of like you know thematically fit into yeah. the time and location and well, whatever. I mean, it's fascinating to look at kind of the Rockstar's track record because in addition to uh, I mean, Red Dead had Undead Nightmare, which was mm-hmm. a, an entire standalone thing that kind of threw the style guide out the window yeah. and it seemed like they were going that direction with GTA 5 where they're like, "Oh, there's all these UFOs, there's some crazy stuff in there." And then there was never any single player DLC. There's anything nothing in, nothing with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they absolutely could have created a a story in that world, but instead they focused on the online component. And I mean, much to the chagrin of some players but like I think with uh, with Red Dead Two, again, it's it's worth noting this is developed for a system that has an existing like online structure that works. Uh, I mean, that was kind of it, they figured it out towards the end of last gen. But I mean, I think that online is finally where it needs to be for games. Um, and I mean, people, I don't know. There's that drop in, drop out kind of social mentality, and I'm, I'm wondering how much of Red Dead Two is going to lean on that. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't so. know. It's going to be a juggernaut either way, and it's going to go and grow for years. So. Yeah. Can't wait to cover it. Uh, I'm excited to see that. Um, anyway, out this week, ooh, we got a lot of variety this week, a whole lot of it. Uh, Aegis Defenders. This is an action platformer with tower defense elements. I like the action platformer part. I'm not wild about tower defense stuff, but uh, uh, I'm playing this game. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of warming up to it. It's not. I thought it would be a lot more sort of action platformer, but it is. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of slows to a crawl, and you have to interact with things in the environment and uh, sort of. Set up like it's not it's not just like running up and jumping on an enemy and killing him like you would in most platforming games. You I know? really like the aesthetics. It's got a kind of almost like Miyazaki vibes. Yeah, uh, totally. And I think they worked with some teams to bring some sort of as like a lot of indie games are doing right now, bring like some friends over from other indie games, um, which is pretty cool. There's some cool stuff happening here. So yeah, cool. Uh, and then there's also uh, also out this week is Bleed Two, which mm-hmm. is a Frantic action platformer. I'm going to just spoil this right now. There's a lot of action platformers out this week. Uh, Bleed 2 has, uh, I think it was, a lot of these have already been out on Steam already. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of usual pile yeah. of things that have been on PC. But um, this seems much more, almost like a like a platformer bullet hell kind of thing. Uh, then there's Dandara, which I've actually had my eye on for a little while now. This is a kind of Metroidvania action platformer, but it's got like weird gravity stuff, like where the level will flip on you. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all like gravity puzzles. Um, yeah. Also, I mentioned this on NVC already, yeah. but um, it's it's from a Brazilian studio, and the character that you play, Dandara, is actually based on like a real Afro-Brazilian warrior who like fought slavery. Yeah. So I'm really interested in how they, did she if at it, all, incorporate that. Did she do it with a hook shot through like I Inception hallways? I don't think so. Okay. But uh, you know, some people yeah, they tell stories and things things change a little bit. <laughs> this, it's okay. This looks like pretty intense. I love the though. idea of it being like a sci-fi take on. Yeah, that? yeah, I'm super into know. this. Aesthetically, it's like really awesome. It reminds me of some of the weirder levels in like Super Castlevania Four, which is pretty cool. Um, and a lot of the diagonal platforming worries me a little bit because I have a feeling I'll be not great at it. But but Celeste though. But Celeste though, there we yeah. go. Um, then there is, is so good. Heroin Anthem Zero Episode One, which is like a 2.5D action RPG <clears throat> action platformer, which uh, has those kind of like hand painted buzzwords uh, designs that look. It looks a little bit like Vanillaware, but with kind of more, uh, I don't know, more technical stuff to it. Again, this has been out on uh, out on Steam for a, a cool minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course there is Mercenary Kings Reloaded Edition. This is uh, I'm playing this too. Yeah, yeah, this one's on, cool. Uh, you playing on Switch? Yeah, okay. um, yeah, it's it's identical to the PS4 version. The pixel art in this game is gorgeous. And yeah. it's the same as the PC version too, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, the game looked really great. Yeah. Um, this was out. Uh, this is out a while ago. The, mm-hmm. the, the I guess the 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 initially loaded edition, not the reloaded mm-hmm. one. But um, yeah, it's very metal sluggish, um, with a little bit of like Scott Pilgrim thrown in. Yes, or the video very, game very Scott much, Pilgrim, which I believe much. they removed from all downloadable services, which sucks because it's That's like one of my favorite beat 'em ups ever. Really dumb. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, this is fun to get a bunch of friends together. I feel like kind of it scratches that like. I don't know, Castle Crashers, uh, yeah, kind of Metal Slug itch, yeah, a little Contra, um, a little Castle Crashers, yeah. I like the I like the the palette and the designs there. I think it looks really cool, but yep. I, I never really completely got into it. Uh, there's a game called Marooners, which is a bunch of pirate themed party mini games. I love that this is kind of like while well, everyone's you know over on Xbox talking about Sea of Thieves, they're like, well, what about this? <laughs> it's got party games, and pirate, yep. hat, pirate hats. Um, what else we got? Uh, there's Dragon Sinker. Which is an old school kind of eight bit JRPG. Uh, I think this has been out. I think this is out for 3DS at one point. Um, it's. I believe this is also coming to Vita. 
So if that sounds appealing to you, Sweet. there you go. Uh, the Seven Deadly Sins, Knights of Britannia. Um, I am told this is based on an anime. I have yet to confirm or deny that for myself. That's a good guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, it's. I think we're going to be doing a live stream of this at some point. Sin action. Yeah, yeah. Into that. What does uh, that mean? Your sin. parents help you set it up. Ooh, yeah. It's got lots of sins. So I was. Uh, I believe the sins are in this are actually. Uh, they're like people. Like they're they're oh. the seven deadly sins. It's not just about like just doing nasty oh. things. I don't know if there's. I don't know who's. I'm actually kind of curious because that's. I like that. I like that as like a rule set. You know, I like that movie Seven. I like the. You know, it's like the seven <laughs> C's or the. Food groups or whatever. What? You know, I'm just gonna let you keep going. Wait a wait a. You're doing great. Things. Just keep doing. I don't know which one up. is which one of these people. I don't know who they are. That's anyway, sloth. if you enjoy anime, you can watch this and, and play it as well. It's a three action fighting game based on the anime. IGN's game. Uh, Thanks for letting me flounder there, that? guys. Really appreciate it. No, it's great. You put it on the list. <laughs> I wanted you to just really write that one out. Um, no, that's that's a big one. I'm sure a lot of people actually who are who are paying attention to that kind of thing are. Uh, that's a, one of the bigger releases of the week. And then there's um, Under Night in Birth. Exe late. It's one of those like it's. It, I believe this has been out. You don't even need to say that it's a visual novel because I can tell by the name. Yeah. <laughs> How did you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a two D fighter and visual novel. Uh, Sounds like a disease. Yeah. You can. I mean, what's really cool about when they obviously drop stuff on PC first is that you can you can read reviews for it before if it just right. kind of drops quietly on PS4. You're like, well, where did it come from? And you go, it's probably the same game, give or take. Uh, and then finally, out this week is Shadow of the Colossus, which is a very good game. Haven't uh, heard of this one. Yeah. Um, we talked about that a great deal, I believe, last week and I think the week before. Kind of like um, a visual novel, right? Yeah, it's a visual novel. You're trying to romance these big rocky boys. Kind of anime a little bit. Yeah. It is kind of anime. It's much like the, the anime. It's got hairy, bloody legs in it. Papyrus yeah. like, they're like <laughs> Does po- it have fun? D- depending on the size of your pockets, these are much like pocket monsters. If you have yeah. huge, huge pants, you could no, get I mean, one of them deep within there. R- real talk, this game is incredible. Uh, yeah. And it's it's I've I've seen a little bit of backlash online about some of the um, sort of like facial animations and and some of the stuff that that the main character does. Uh, it's it just power through it. This is such a gorgeous take on one of the best looking games As it, already. People think that it's like st- weird looking or that yeah. it's not or, or that it's too realistic it's too i think that it's too realistic yeah, see I've, I've read a lot of interesting um discussion online about uh the graphical fidelity mm-hmm. and how that you know for for some gamers it's definitely like well i need to play games that look like this but for others it's like it kind of loses some of that like expressionist quality that the original had i'm, I'm with you on that I can, like, I can agree with that i definitely I don't know, like going back to it's it's really amazing to see like the graphics comparison, right? Like what mm-hmm. this game looked like before versus what it looks like now. But I kind of enjoy how dreamlike the original yes. was, just like the the textures and everything seeming kind of like blurry almost. Yeah, I mean we've we've like long talked about this sort of you know mechanism in video games, but when you know limitation breeds creativity and yes, when, like when, you see that in like yeah. the, like the Silent Hill HD collection got rid of the fog, which was originally because like they the, there was something weird with like draw distance, you mm-hmm. know, so they just fixed it by just having fog everywhere. And, and they like, got rid of it because they didn't need it anymore. And it's like, well, that's like what yeah. Take the fog out of Silent Hill, and like, what, you just gotta. It's like taking the mist out of the movie The Mist. Yeah, <laughs> kind of missing the it's, point there. It's misting the they point. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, the game, it you know, it's good. Yeah, it's good. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it's sort of just like you look at like the old original Looney Tune drawings and cartoons, mm-hmm. and then you look at like the weird '90s like 3D CG tunes mm-hmm. or whatever with a Z, and you're like, yeah, okay, you lost you lost something I, there. But I, I also I just love the look of old PS1 and 2 games. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that. Max and I saw uh, a gallery that somebody had 3D printed a bunch of Final Fantasy VII like figurines mm-hmm. in all low poly, and I was yeah. like, damn, I really I want those that. toys. So that said, I mean, this game is unbelievably good looking, and I think you know your mileage may vary with how well you perceive or can ignore or just don't bother, get bothered with the nuances in uh, the way the facial animations work and the way the characters move and interact with each other. But you know, other than that, like, damn, this game's really good. Looking. I was actually very yeah. thrown off by the fact that Wander speaks. I don't remember him speaking in the original. Um, it's he? been a while. He shouts, he's like, oh, no, I mean, he, oh, he shouts, yeah. yeah, the name of his horse, but oh. I don't remember him. Speak, I don't know. Well, it's weird how in the new one he's like, I don't like these colossus. I'm going to climb onto their heads and stab them right in the hole. Somebody's got to take these big guys down once and for all. I'll climb his hairy legs and hold on to his cankles. 
Yeah. It's weird that he talks. I'm going to stab him right in the shin with my glowing blade of justice. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I think if you're, if you're nitpicking this game, it's like, just get a, get a better problems. I wish that more games got like beautiful overhauls like this and re-releases. Like, I mean, if you did, if you took like, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid 1 and did like something this faithful with it mm-hmm. and put it in Fox Engine. Wouldn't don't you miss me, the, don't make me sad. The, yeah. Wouldn't you miss the, the, the polygons though? Have you seen the Snake Eater? pachinko machine yeah. with like the hd cutscenes yep. of like the boss and i'm just like why that, konami why yeah that's the there's man there's yeah. a lot they do that's like ah oh, but that was up there that was like oh really that you're gonna you're gonna make that and you're gonna put it in in a screaming loud pachinko machine pachinko like, halls are pachinko halls are, are they are hell yeah i think on earth they are the hell, clo- of, hell of a thousand rattling balls they are some of the most threatening places on earth when i went to tokyo uh three three or four years ago I went the entire trip without getting sick, despite the fact that I ate strange food and got very drunk every single night. Strange food. Strange food. And on the last night, no, I think I almost ate horse one night. And one night, uh, Mitch Dyer and I, former IGN editor, walked through a pachinko hall. And, like, you basically – it's all sealed off and you open the door and then you walk in and it's just nonstop just cigarette smoke and screaming. And it's just – you open the door. It's like – the hits sound you like like just physically like, assaults you. It smells and sounds like being inside of a train on fire. And then you walk to the other end of it, and the door closes behind you, and you're back outside in Tokyo, which is you know. I think you can take like one breath, yeah, and like inhale more cigarette smoke than like a smoke like a, a long time smoke yeah, has seriously. in like their whole life. In their whole life, yeah. and we just immediately both got sick, like immediately. I just walked out, and I was like. Ugh. Ugh. And then I just had a fever, and Mitch threw up in the shower the next day. I think that was for other reasons. He's anyway, thinking. the point of the story is Shadow of the Colossus. Very, <laughs> very good game. Uh, we're gonna wind things down here. Uh, if you head over to YouTube.com/slash IGN Beyond, we have uh, you know us answering off-topic questions such as how we would grittily reboot Crash Bandicoot. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, the Crash re- Band reboot. Um, Anyway, uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. And Chloe, are you just underscore Chloe? I'm, uh, yeah, underscore Chloe. Yep. C-H-L-O-I. There we go. Do you know who has just regular Chloe? Uh, an egg. An, an egg? Some, yeah. Wow. I don't think they've eggs. tweeted. The egg. It might even be me from several years before I decided to actually use Twitter. Who knows? Oh, it's possible. Well, you know what's uh, better than an egg that tweets is an egg that's never tweeted. That's That's true. Anyway, uh, that was Beyond This Week. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, whatever. And uh, we will see you next week. When everyone has recovered from Super Bros disorder. Super Bros? Super Bros. Got it. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.